0: Hello and welcome to the SBNY podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. The Sports Blog New York podcast can be found on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, as well as Google Play. And if you have not done so already, don't forget to subscribe to this very podcast. And if you like what you've been hearing, please leave a rating and review on any of those apps just by clicking a few stars. Writing a few words, tell us what you think, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, and maybe what you're tired of hearing of. But, moral of the story, love hearing feedback from our listeners. Keep showing up, and I will always be here, bringing back the best content. Today on The Bill, though, we have some Kyrie Irving stuff to get to. The Knicks get tied in. It's a big move for the league in general, the Eastern Conference. And also, the Yankees won a series, so congratulations, Yankee fans, don't have to hear you guys crying anymore but first a wear a presenting sponsor Wooter Apparel is the number one shop for all custom uniforms and apparel has a two to three week turnaround the best prices every sport and any design you can imagine Wooter Apparel empowers teams and athletes around the world by offering the best sublimated uniforms and apparel at unbeatable prices check them out at WooterApparel.com or on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Wooter Apparel that's W-O-O-T-E-R and the Best part is use discount code SBNY at your purchase for a special discount. That's discount code SBNY. Now today, on this very Monday, July 24th, I almost wasn't going to come to you with a new episode of the SBNY podcast, but I sucked it up. I took a nap. I'm here now. It's Sunday night for me, Monday morning for you, maybe Tuesday, depends on your listening habits, but I'm happy to be here. Because a lot of things went down over the past uh, you know, four or five days in the NBA world regarding Kyrie Irving and incorporating the Knicks. And a lot of speculation, a lot of thoughts, a lot going on in the world of basketball, and we're going to get to that. Also, like I mentioned in the open, the New York Yankees won a series again, three out of four, against a decent Seattle Mariners team that was a 500 team when they met up with the Yankees. And to take a series, four-game series, three out of four, is always a good thing. Yankee fans maybe can relax a little bit. You're only one game behind in the loss column. Five games over 500 versus two, like you were a couple of days ago, feels really good. So maybe we'll talk about some Yankees as well. But a big portion of this episode is going to end up being talked about Kyrie Irving because that is some wild news. Can we just the Can we just think about this from the simplest standpoint? Is that a star player in the Eastern Conference? on the best team who has been in three straight NBA finals is putting himself on the trade block. He has now made it clear according to sources that he wants to be traded and he doesn't want to play with LeBron James anymore. Think about that statement. People have made careers playing with LeBron James. In fact, Kyrie Irving's career has been exponentially better sooner in his 25 year old life than it would have been if LeBron never came back to Cleveland. And that is just a fact. Kyrie balled out before before LeBron got there. I mean, he was hurt a little bit, never played a whole lot of games. But he was getting over 20 points. He was a young stud who can score and an okay passer who needs to get better at that. But then LeBron comes to back to Cleveland. And all of a sudden, Kyrie Irving... Don't really have to worry about being that facilitator anymore. And he becomes a pure, cold-blooded assassin. We've seen him in Game 7 of the NBA Finals over Steph Curry, the shot we've all seen. Comes back the year after, goes to the Finals again, scores 25 points a game, almost 6 assists a game. Looked at as one of the best handlers in the league, best scorers in the league. And he goes, you know what? I'm done. I don't like playing with this team anymore. And I don't really like playing with LeBron James is kind of what he made clear during this whole process, right? So we're going to get into all that stuff. We have a lot to talk about. So I want to talk about not just the fact that he's making this crazy decision to leave Cleveland the purest contender in the league other than the Golden State Warriors. What it means about him as the player, depending on what team he may join if he gets traded. Talk about the Knicks swing on this. Is this a real opportunity for the Knicks to get involved and possibly dump Mello and bring back a 25-year-old Kyrie Irving with two years on his contract? It's possible, and it's out there, so we'll talk about it. Um, but first, I have, I have just something I want to talk about. Podcast host to listener right now. Something happened to me via my cellular device this weekend that just made me scratch my head, and I want to know if this has happened to you. So... Friday afternoon, very happy. We're getting towards the weekend. I go out for lunch, you know, typical thing. Friday, I treat myself a little bit, get a little lunch special and a beer. So I order this beer, and it's called Brecking Ridge Vanilla Porter, yada, 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 right? I don't know. It's a fancy beer. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. The bartender recommended it, and I was happy about it. Now, at no point in this endeavor of me drinking this beer and having this lunch, did i ever you know google the beer company google the the uh, the brewery whatever you want to call it i didn't google it i didn't uh text it i didn't tweet about it i didn't do anything it wasn't connected to my phone at all i didn't even take a picture of it i just drank it like you do to a beer right and then you know 2 days later i'm on my phone and i'm on instagram and i get geo targeting and digital marketing and how some of these Ad sponsorships work via social media. But what do I see on my phone is the Brecking Ridge Brewery sponsored ad, promoted ad on my Instagram feed. And that made me think to myself are they spying at the next level, like further than I even know? Because I know that if you go to a website or if you, you know, look something up just either via Google search or you like something on Twitter. Your phone will, not your phone, but your, you know, the, the internet, whatever you want to call it, they know that and they target these ads at those consumers. But how did I get targeted with this specific brewery when it did not one time cross my phone's path? I, does that, Doesn't that blow your mind a little bit? Never heard of this brewery before. Friday afternoon, have a beer or two, enjoyed it, didn't text it, didn't tweet it, didn't look it up, didn't take a picture of it. Just drank it, and all of a sudden, sponsored ad for that specific brewery. Pops up on my phone. Ain't that a little creepy? Because it's a little weird for me. I mean, hey, I enjoyed the beer, so I ain't complaining. But at the same time, when do we reach the point of that just being pure creepiness? Because I don't know if they're in my bank account. You know, I paid with a card. Is that how they figured it out? Is that how they found me? But Breckenridge Brewery, man, they they found me. I don't know how, but they know I drank the beer, and and at least I was happy. Otherwise, that would have creeped me out even more. That was just a little tidbit (laughs) from my weekend that I wanted to share with you. And if you have some weird story of this happening to you, and you see promoted ads on Instagram that always just happen to, to know you were thinking about that company, meanwhile you never looked at it on your phone, let me know, because I can't be alone in this. They're not only creeping on me. So share with me. Hit me up on my Twitter. That's at Pete Kennedy with two Ys on the end. Or at SportblogNYC. That is the blog's Twitter handle. So if you don't follow them, shout them out. And let me know if this strange geo-targeting digital marketing via social media creeps you out as well. Because it is weird sometimes, man. I get how it works. But sometimes it's so next level that it makes me scratch my head and also be a little nervous that they know just a little too much. But let's get back to why we're here. We're here to talk about Kyrie Irving. The 25-year-old. I find that important to say because really easy to forget that this dude is 25. He was the first overall pick in 2011. That was kind of a while ago. You know, he was young. He was 19. But relatively pretty recent. This dude is young. But why does he feel so established? Well, There's two main reasons. The number one reason is that Kyrie Irving was an all-star in just year two of his NBA career. Yes, on the crappy Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron left Miami to come back to Cleveland. Kyrie Irving was scoring over 20 points a game, dishing out six assists a night as a 20-year-old, and he was an all-star. Now, to put that into perspective, yes, it's the Eastern Conference. The East wasn't specifically much weaker then. It was a little, maybe a little weaker, but not as, as it is now. So him making an all-star team as a 20-year-old is very impressive. Like I said, to put it into perspective, Damian Lillard has been out there in Portland for years, grinding, scoring 20, 22, 24 points a game. He can't make an all-star team. Yes, there are a lot of point guards in the West who are very good and deserve to be there. But if you are a second-year player, I don't care what conference you're in. If you are 20 years old and you're making all-star teams and you go back-to-back-to-back, 20, 21, 22 years old to all-stars, that's impressive. So that's number one reason why we look at Kyrie Irving as a true star in this NBA. That's reason number one. And then reason number two is that he played against the eras, played against, he played with, the era's best player in LeBron James for the past three seasons. So obviously, when a player like LeBron joins your team, things ramp up a little bit, right? He went from crappy, not even a playoff contender. I ain't even talking make a playoff run. I mean, contend to make the playoffs. That's where he was in his career. He was a young stud who had no help on his team, scored points, was an okay passer, but couldn't sniff the playoffs. LeBron James shows up, brings a few friends. Boom. Three finals in a row. That was for 22-year-old, 23-year-old, 24-year-old Kyrie Irving. Three finals in a row. I think that's a point that people kind of forget about. Think about John Wall. Think about Steph Curry. Think about, you know, even another guy in the East like Kemba Walker who's not nearly... Uh, well, maybe he's close, but he's not the player Kyrie Irving is. They hit their true, true stride after 25. You know, 26, 27, 28 is where they took off, and you saw John Wall continue his takeoff this past year. But Kyrie Irving now has been in the limelight for three years in a row with LeBron James making the NBA Finals, and he wants out. And it's a very curious, curious thing, right? Shocked a lot of people. Well, I'm going to bring uh, Brian Windhorst in for a second, not him physically. That would be pretty cool for this Sports Blog in York podcast to pull Brian Windhorst. But now just hearing one of his interviews from ESPN, he said that LeBron James wasn't as blindsided in this as we may have thought. LeBron James has known about this for at least a week or so. And apparently, Kyrie Irving has made this clear that he does not want to play with LeBron James anymore. He wants to go out on his own. So that was a little tidbit from Brian Windhorst. And when I hear that tidbit, and I think about Kyrie saying, I want to be be my own guy, do my own thing, two questions right away rush through my head. The first question is, don't you realize, Kyrie, that even if you leave to go to another team to be, quote unquote, the guy, if you want to be the team, there's no chance that you're going to be the only guy. So if you don't want to play with LeBron and because you want to be the man and you want to be the guy, you're hard pressed to believe that you're going to join a real contender of a team without there being another guy around. And even the teams that you named all have another guy. Except for maybe the Heat. If you went to Miami, which is one of your four, and in case you didn't hear the four, it was uh, the Spurs, Timberwolves, Heat, and Knicks. If you went to Miami, you're the guy. Deion Waiters, great year last year. James Johnson, good year last year. Hassan Whiteside, awesome center in the league. Kyrie Irving's the guy there. But all the other places, San Antonio, Minnesota, and the Knicks, There's another guy, if not two. You go to San Antonio, that's still Kawhi's team. Maybe you're now the best scorer on the team, but you ain't the best player. If you go to Minnesota, you are not the guy either. You're one of many guys. You got Jimmy Butler, more of the guy than Kyrie Irving, has actually had playoff success without the greatest player of our era, of our generation on your team. Carl Anthony Towns is projecting to be the league's best big for the next how many years? He's only finished two seasons, and he's so highly touted. He's he's been in Minnesota. He's that guy. Andrew Wiggins is there, another top pick. He's a guy there. You know, Kyrie, you might be one of the most important players on the Minnesota Timberwolves. You might be the best scorer on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but you're not the guy. You're a guy. A really good guy. And if you join the Knicks, Chris Porzingis is here. uh, But, you know, he needs you as much as you need him. You guys both have to be the guy if you come to New York. So that's the first question that rushes through my head when he says he wants to go to be the guy. That he wants to go to a new team so he can be number one. That's not how the NBA works anymore, man. You don't just leave and start your own team Being the man. Because you need two, three, or four great players in this league. That's how it goes. So the fact that you even bring up, I want to leave to be the man, makes me a little curious and a little worried. Because if you ask me what Kyrie Irving needs to work on from a game standpoint, it's making making players better. And I think that should be agreed upon by everybody listening to this podcast. Kyrie Irving can score flat out. Kyrie Irving has phenomenal handles. He can pass when he's willing. And, you know, he averaged six assists. You don't do that without passing the ball. So he he can move the ball a little bit. He can pass a little bit. He can get better on defense, but who can't in this NBA? But what he has never really done in his NBA career is make his teammates truly, truly better. Because after his first three seasons in the NBA, where he had already made two all-star teams and scored over 20 points a game twice, the best player of our generation joined his team. And not just a man who's a great scorer in LeBron James, a guy who became the lead facilitator on that team. So yeah, Kyrie Irving was a point guard by trade, on the Cleveland Cavaliers, he wasn't actually a true point guard by usage terms. By offensive structure terms. LeBron James was the creator. So when I get that question of, are you gonna, that's my second question, by the way. Will Kyrie Irving do whatever is best for the team and make his teammates better when he goes to be that, quote, guy? Because I haven't seen him do that yet. No one, none of us have seen Kyrie Irving lead a team, be the best player, make his teammates better, and make the playoffs. And granted, I'm not trying to lowball Kyrie Irving here. This dude's legit. He hasn't had the opportunity to. Because if we expected him to do that in the dumpster fire that was the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, from the year he got drafted to the year LeBron came by, then we're crazy. There's no way. He would be able to lift that roster. There's no way Kyrie Irving would have been able to take that Cleveland Cavaliers team and make them a playoff team. He was 20 years old. He was 21. He needed a guy like LeBron to be the man and to make everybody else better and to lift an organization, to be a playoff contender, to be a championship contender. So that's my two questions. One, Do you know what it really means to be the guy? And two, are you now going to lift your game to the next level? And are you going to lift your teammates to their max potential? Because those are the real questions here. So before I bring this to a Knicks perspective, because that is next on the docket, got to talk about how the Knicks could possibly fit into this situation and how they could possibly get rid of Melo. Possibly bring in a 25-year-old star. And possibly, you know, I'll say speed up their rebuild just a little bit, right? They would speed it up just a little bit. Expectations will jump on the Knicks if Kyrie Irving becomes a Nick. correct? That's pretty fair to say. Right now, the Knicks aren't looked at as a playoff team, nor should they be. Even if you want to uh, incorporate the fact Of how weak the Eastern Conference is. You don't look at the New York Knicks and say. Playoff team. No you don't. You look at the Knicks and say. Hopefully this is a team that gets a little better team. Because that's all they can really hope for this year. Am I right? We can say what we want about. Oh Damian Dotson. Great second round pick man. Hopefully he can be a player. Yeah even if he is a good bench player. He ain't pushing us to the next level. Tim Hardaway Jr. I defended the signing a little bit. I kind of said it's not as crazy as it seems with all that money. He's not going to bring us to be a playoff team right away. KP's only in year three. If Melo's here or if Melo gets moved, depending on the comeback, we're still not looking at the Knicks as a playoff team. But if Kyrie Irving gets traded to the New York Knicks and you roll out a lineup of Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway Jr., whether it be Courtney Lee or another guy who comes back if Shumpert comes from Cleveland, I don't know, and you got KP and Hernan Gomez or Kylo Quinn, and you got Courtney Lee, and you got you got this team that we know and we have seen, plus Kyrie Irving, then you have to look at this team and say, wait a minute. You're telling me you got Kyrie Irving, Kristaps Porzingis, and a handful of decent role players in this Eastern Conference. Maybe this Knicks team is a playoff team. And that's part of the problem with Kyrie Irving coming over. Because if he comes to the New York Knicks, you better believe expectations come with it. You don't be a 25-year-old four-time All-Star. Come to New York City and have no low expectations. That's not how it works. See Stefan Marbury, right? Stefan Marbury came to the Knicks still very much so in his athletic prime. Very good player. Still put up stats, actually. Statistically, has been the Knicks' best point guard in 20, 30, 40 years. Didn't turn to wins, obviously. We know that. But the expectations were there. So much so to the point where they started losing so much and it wasn't working. They just stopped playing him until he left or they bought him out, whatever the hell happened. Kyrie comes to the Knicks. Expectations come with him. So I'm going to get to the Knicks angle now. But first, I just have... A quote to read from Kyrie Irving via TheRinger.com where Kevin O'Connor wrote uh, recently his little breakdown of why Kyrie Irving wants out of Cleveland and away from LeBron James. Pretty powerful statement, right? I mean, in the landscape of sports media where we are today, so much goes into the titles of articles and how tweets are phrased to kind of stir the pot and how, however you can get people either really excited or really pissed off or really, you know, angry or curious. It's really important, right? But think about this title of this article here from the ringer.com. Why Kyrie Irving wants out of Cleveland and away from LeBron James. That is to the point, and that is a sentence you just don't ever believe you're going to see until you see it. So here's a quote at the 2017 NBA Finals. Kyrie Irving was asked to describe how this relationship developed with LeBron. And Kyrie Irving said, quote, having just a tremendously great player like that come to your team and see yourself being one of those great players eventually, and then he ends up joining it, and then now you have to almost take a step back and observe. Kyrie said, quote, selfishly, I always wanted to just show everyone in the whole entire world exactly who I was every single time. End quote. That was just last year. That was the NBA Finals a few months ago. Kyrie Irving pointed out how he, since LeBron James has returned, deep down has always felt the need and the burning desire to just prove that he's worthy of a just pure stardom by himself. He always just wanted to show everyone the whole, t- the whole time, show the whole entire world who he was. And now he seems to have reached the point where he knows that's what he wants to do. He's at terms with looking to leave. And you know what, Kyrie Irving, from a basketball as a business standpoint, you know, the business side of things, his career, not just in 2018, 2019, but, you know, moving forward to 2021, 20, 22, 23, his, his true prime from when he's going to be 26 to 30. He's playing two steps ahead right now. Because there's been all this talk about, is LeBron going to stay in Cleveland after this year? Is LeBron going to even consider it? Is he going to go west? Is he going to stay in a different team on the East? What the hell is LeBron going to do? And how is he going to leave this franchise <laughs> in shambles? Is how he'll leave it the f- same way it was before he got there when he got drafted when he left the first time and how they'll be forever. I actually wrote, made a tweet the other day uh, and it was based on uh, quoted a tweet of somebody and I said because they were talking about how much of a dumpster fire the Cavaliers have been and LeBron has been the number one factor in all of sports of covering up a dumpster fire. He's made this organization a whole lot of money, even though, you know, luxury tax lies in the salary cap. He's not helping that cause. But this Cleveland Cavaliers organization would be the laughingstock of the league. I said in the tweet, if LeBron wasn't in Cleveland covering up all their crap, they may be a bigger laughingstock than the New York Knicks. Now, I couldn't really believe I was typing it out, saying that an NBA team, was more of a joke than the Knicks. But think about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Before they got lucky in the lottery and got LeBron, they were trash. They couldn't do anything right. They were a bad, bad team. And then they couldn't even keep LeBron. Hometown kid. He left Miami. You know, people like to say that was like his college experience, but whatever. He leaves. And what happens to the Cavaliers? They're terrible again. They're so bad... That they get multiple number one picks again and again and again. One of those happened to work out. And it was Kyrie Irving. But when LeBron James, if LeBron James decides to leave after next year, Kyrie Irving will look around the locker room and be like, holy crap. I'm screwed. I'm with an organization that doesn't know what they're doing. The only reason we were good was because of LeBron and me. And now I have another year on my contract to play with this team of who? Kevin Love and Kyrie, they ain't going to be that great of a team because they don't have any young pieces. They don't really have draft picks, and they're not going to have good ones until LeBron's gone for a year. So Kyrie's playing two steps ahead here. Kyrie is saying, why should I stay if he's going to leave too? I don't even like playing with him that much. Let me get ahead of this one and let me get out of here first with two years left on my deal. So that was really crazy. Really, really, really wild stuff uh, on Friday. All that news coming out. Another thing Brian Windhorse mentioned in his little uh, ESPN hit was how isn't this supposed to be football season? NBA offseason needs us to chill. Brian Windhorse says he needs some time off. I don't want to be called anymore. Let's get into football, but now he has a couple more weeks of covering this Kyrie Irving situation. But before it was even announced that Kyrie Irving named the New York Knicks as one of the four teams he would be interested in going to, again, not that it truly matters, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, that was just his personal preference. Before he even mentioned the New York Knicks, Knicks fans are on Twitter mocking up some trades, they were saying, oh, bring Kyrie to NYC. I'm pretty sure a hashtag going around is hashtag Kyrie to NYC. Because, boy, we haven't had a star like him since. Actually, no, wait. We have Melo on the team. He's a star, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we're tired of him. So, whatever. Kyrie Irving mentioned that he would come to the Knicks. That's a star player saying, I'll come to New York. Actually, that's one of my four preferred spots. Wow. You know, uh, we us Knicks fans are crazy, right? So before he mentioned us, we were saying, oh, this is perfect. Mel to Cleveland. Bring Kyrie to New York. We made it. And then he actually, like, agrees that, with that. He seconds the notion. The player himself, after all we've heard since Phil Jackson ruined this organization a couple of years back, is that no free agents are going to want to come play. I mean, I guess that's actually still a fair statement because he's not a free agent. But a real NBA player who happens to be an all-star, who happens to be one of the top point guards in the league, mentioned the Knicks as a team that he would like to play for. Man, that was a good day for us Knicks fans, man. We don't even need this trade to go through. It doesn't even need to happen. The fact that we were in the conversation is a win. (laughs) Oh man, well, I, i make a little joke because obviously that's not exactly true, but Like I said, we're us Knicks fans are crazy, and we think of some crazy stuff, but we got to take our small victories, man. (laughs) We got to take them when we can get them. And Kyrie Irving said, yeah, New York's cool, man. I would go there. Because then even if he doesn't end up coming here, when he's a free agent in a couple years, there's another hope, another piece of hope for the Knicks and the Knicks faithful to say, yeah, Kyrie, he likes New York. He's from Jersey. He grew up pretty close to MSG. So it's real exciting. But before we get back into that and break down exactly what this would mean for the Knicks if it went through and also how it could possibly happen, how about a quick word from our presenting sponsor, at Wooter Apparel. You can find them at wooderapparel.com or at Wooter Apparel It's W-O-O-T-E-R apparel on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And what you have to do for me is go to wooderapparel.com or any of their social media accounts. And just check out some of their jerseys, man. I've been playing in a basketball league for four years now. And they started using Wooter jerseys maybe three years ago. So I've used these, these basketball jerseys three years in a row. And when I tell you that they have full customization possibilities, I mean from the collar of the neck to the absolute bottom of the short pockets, waistband, every inch of the uniform can be customized and it's not just basketball it's football baseball golf backpacks, hats everything you can think of any design you can imagine super easy to work with and the best part is if you mention sbny and that's discount code sbny at your purchase you can get a special discount on your purchase so check them out at woodward Apparel. shout out to them for presenting this sports blog new york podcast but back to the next The New York Knicks and the New York Knicks fans believe that this, that this trade can go through. And before I truly, truly get into this, let me just say this. Brian Windhorst also mentioned the fact that the Cavs are not going to rush into this decision. Kind of in the same sense of when Phil Jackson was officially fired, when the Knicks said they're not rushing to trade Mellow, but they are looking. It's going to be the same situation. So from my personal standpoint, I do not see this trade happening earlier this week. I don't really see it happening this week at all. I think this will be dragged out a little bit. There'll be a ton of speculation, which can be fun or really annoying, depending on how you look at it. But this is going to happen over time. The Cavs aren't going to rush. And they also aren't going to get fleeced. Because they're in control here. They can just hold on to Kyrie. It's not like he can demand a trade and it has to happen. So it is not out of the realm of possibilities for him to stay in Cleveland. So just keep that in mind. Don't think it'll happen right away. And it's not definite that it will happen anyway. So when the New York Knicks were mentioned and this started feeling even semi-real of a possibility, the speculation came through. Melo for Kyrie, straight up. Uh, okay, maybe that's not so fair. So let's start throwing in some picks. Let's start throwing in some other players, right? So now we're saying, our oh, Knicks in a pick for Kyrie? But then it gets a little more complicated again. And of course, when would it ever be easy? So Melo makes about $27 million next year. Kyrie makes about $20 million because of the Cavs' horrible cap situation. They can't take on any extra money. So they need to make this work with either a third team or some more players to even out these contracts. So, of course, it gets more complicated than it should have been or could have been. So we bring in a third team. That's where we're at. And these, these three-team trades are very tricky. They're complicated. <laughs> Look at Houston and the Knicks trying to figure out a trade for Melo. It's not happening. And the best part is, and I've been clear on saying this week in and week out, the Knicks aren't taking back bad contracts. They have enough of their own. They're not taking Kevin Love. They're not taking Ryan Anderson. And they've been clear and steadfast on that fact. So what does this mean about the likelihood of this happening? The one spot that I see this trade going through, going down, is if the Suns get involved. The Phoenix Suns get involved. They are a team with cap space. They are a team with, you know, not specifically a will, but an ability to take on some contracts. They are a team with a few pieces that can make other teams happy. That piece is Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is a guy who's a very good player, has been a little banged up in his career, but is kind of in... You know, in a hot take sense of the of the term, he's a mini LeBron. And I'll slow, I'll slow my roll after I said that. I'll pause for a second so you guys can freak out. But when I say that, I mean he's a guy who can affect the game in multi facets, multiple facets. He can make his players better, and he can get his own. Now he's six foot. He's not six eight like LeBron. He's never won anything like LeBron. I'm just saying in the stylistic sense of the term, Eric Bledsoe is like a miniature little LeBron. You know, he's a really strong player. He's a good defender. He's good at basically every portion of the game. And he can make his teammates a little better. So he's like a little mini LeBron. And he's... What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, he's represented. There you go. Not a hard word. Just slipped my mind for a second. He's represented by Clutch Sports, which is obviously Rich Paul, the man who... Is one of LeBron's best friends and his agent, Tristan Thompson's agent. The guy is connected. Rich Paul makes a lot of things happen around the NBA and around his players specifically. So that is the piece to look out for because that can help a lot of people. Kyrie gets sent over to the Knicks. Melo gets sent over to Cleveland. Eric Bledsoe gets sent over to Cleveland. And then you just finagle the little pieces, the Channing Fries of the world. The Tyson Chandler who you know has a good contract. I mean, has a bigger contract, but not a crazy bad one. He might be a part of this deal. Shumpert is another name who keeps getting brought up. These are all the possibilities that have to become real for this trade to go down. So that is the situation that I personally would keep your, my eye on the most. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking about what's the most likely situation for this to happen... I see a three team deal from Cleveland, New York, and Phoenix, and that is my best bet on how this trade will go down. But I'm going to jump across that because I'm not a guy here with sources, you know? I'm not Chris Broussard with my sources. I'm not Windhorst. I'm not, you know, Zach Lowe. I'm not Woj. I'm here to speculate. I'm here to project forward. I'm here to guess about how this might work, here to have some fun, here to break it down. So I'm not going to say, I think this trade because I heard this from that guy. No. I told you my one situation I think is most likely Phoenix, New York, and Cleveland working together. Now it's time to talk about Kyrie Irving actually being on the New York Knicks. What would that look like? What would that mean to the team on the court? That's what I want to talk about. Because you heard me mention before how A, soon as Kyrie Irving shows up in New York to play his first game in Madison Square Garden, he's carrying a bag of expectations. He's going to be 25 years old. He's a four-time All-Star. He's an NBA champion. He's averaged 25 points and six assists. If he joins Kristaps Porzingis and these New York Knicks, expectations will arrive. And I don't know if that's a good thing. In my estimation, that is a bad thing. Because I don't know if Kyrie Irving can lead a team to the playoffs with KP, Hernan Gomez, maybe if Courtney Lee is still here after the trade, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Frank Nielakina, who also may be a part of this trade. Can Kyrie Irving really do that? Can he put a team on his back with one other star who hasn't made an all-star team yet. He's not an all-star in year two, like you were Kyrie. We haven't seen you do that yet. Now I think the smart next fan in the world, which obviously all my listeners are, we have smart listeners out here in sports blog, New York podcast. We represent we're smart. We actually, you know, weather expectations and we, Don't get too caught up in the hype, I think. I I think I don't, but maybe I do. We hope that you, Kyrie Irving, can prove us wrong and be an impact defender and make your teammates better and get your six assists from six to seven or eight and continue to score 25 a night and play 70-plus games in our season and be the man on a playoff team. We want you to prove us wrong and do all of those things. But I am hard-pressed to sit here and tell you honestly that I believe he can do it right away. Does he have the ability? Physically? Yes. Does he have the mental side of it down? Yes. Kyrie Irving's confident. He's the guy who really wants that shot at the end of the game, even compared to LeBron James. And we saw him do it in Game 7. But it's not about the one spot. It's not about hitting just a game-winning shot if he comes to New York. It's about the whole thing. What does he do to the culture of the Knicks? What type of basketball does he inspire on the New York Knicks? That is what's most important here. You know, we talked a lot about Russell Westbrook and James Harden this year, right? And my argument for James Harden throughout the whole MVP debate was he inspires a different type of basketball than Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook can inspire teammates by solely just pushing himself so hard his teammates have to follow him. He works so hard that his teammates better be out there grinding. And he sets them up with open open shots and sets them up with easy dunks. But he didn't inspire a full, holistic team basketball game. James Harden, on the other hand, moved the ball so willingly, wanted all his players to get shots, averaged over 11 assists, led the league. He inspired ball movement, taking good shots. He inspired being yourself on the basketball court. When you start seeing Ryan Anderson pulling from 30 30 feet, that's instilled through the confidence that James Harden gave to his teammates by moving the ball so willingly, by getting as many people open shots as possible, by getting hockey assists. Now, if you understand that little breakdown of how, what type of basketball you inspire, think about where Kyrie falls on that scale. Kyrie Irving falls more on the Russell Westbrook side of things than he does On the LeBron James side of things. Or the Steph Curry side of things. Of let's move this ball. Let's play team offense. Let's do what we have to do to win. The number one most important thing he can do. For the New York Knicks. Is not be the man to take a game winning shot. Is not just be simply a man who scores 25 a night. He needs to establish a culture. Because what I don't know... How well I'll rephrase that what I don't exactly project uh, I gotta figure out how to say this alright cause it's a little tricky I have to make sure I get this right so you can understand it I can be clear and hopefully you guys can, can hear it what I don't exactly see clearly is what type of man and leader Kyrie Irving is I'm not saying he's not a leader. I'm not saying he can't bring culture. I just don't know what type he will bring to the New York Knicks. Because if he comes out here and just tries to get his buckets and get his and make sure he's at 25 and 6, that's not right. That's not what we need. We need a guy out here to empower Tim Hardaway, to help Tim Hardaway be worth $17 million a year. To get him open shots and to get him in places for him to succeed. We need Kyrie Irving to bring Christophe Porzingis to the next level. We need him to make life easy for KP. Not just by specific, you know, assist here and, you know, setting him up for open shots there. It's about the whole thing, it's the process, it's the culture. Can Kyrie be the reason why KP goes? From, 20, from 18 points to 22 points. Why Tim Hardaway can average 18 over a season. These are the factors that become most important when putting a team together. It's not just about him getting his 25 and 6. Because when you become the man of a team, when you become, quote, the guy, it's more than just about numbers. It's more than about getting yours. It's about making sure We get all of it. And not to bring them up because people can get tired of hearing about them because they're so goddamn good. But example number one is the Golden State Warriors. They got three guys on that team who are number one scorers. We've never seen Clay be a number one scorer. We've seen him be as close to possible as a number one scorer, but he's been number two or three now with KD in the the mix, but they got three number one scorers. And what do they do better than anybody in the league? Move the ball. Help each other. Get each other in the right spot to succeed. That is what Kyrie Irving needs to bring to New York. He needs to inspire a culture. He needs to inspire a brand of basketball that is bigger than him. Because if you really want to be looked at as the man... They don't look at your box score every night and say, cut bl- cut, dry, uh, black and white, good game, bad game. They don't just look at 25 and 6. Because when you were playing next to LeBron James and you dropped 30 and the, and the Cavs still lost, they weren't going up to you, Kyrie. They weren't looking for you first, saying, what happened there? LeBron had a triple-double. You had 30. You lost. Why? They went to LeBron, not you. Now you just have to learn, you have to realize and understand that once you're in New York, once you're a Nick, you can drop 40. If that L is on the board and you didn't win, that media is in your face saying, what happened there? Why didn't we win? And if you sit in front of the podium and go, hey, I put up 40, I don't know what happened. Team wasn't shooting well tonight. We got to shoot better or we got to play better D or we got to do this. That's not going to cut it. If you want to be the guy, it's not about the box score. It's not about your numbers. It's about taking responsibility for a team and making them better. You have to sit in front of the the media and answer a question after you drop 40 and lost You'll be hard-pressed to stay in New York for too long if you're just blaming all your teammates. You need those guys, man. It's cool to be the guy. I get it, and I respect it, honestly. It excites me that you have the drive, Kyrie Irving, that Kyrie Irving has the drive to be the man, to want to challenge himself even more, to leave LeBron James and a layup to the NBA Finals. It is a layup for the Cavs to make the NBA Finals with Kyrie Irving. Right? Everybody really feels that way. We all, we all can agree on that one. So he's taking... It's not a high road or a low road, but it is a challenging road. He is taking the uphill approach to this. He wants to be challenged. He wants to be the man. He don't want to play with LeBron. Hopefully you learn from LeBron that it's more than just your box score and cut dry black and white numbers. If it's your team, it's your team on the court and off the court. You could also ask Melo on your way out. When you guys cross pads, you know, at the airport, when he gets dropped off at Cleveland and you're in New York or you're in the Cleveland airport, whatever, wherever you guys meet, ask him, what's it like to answer those guys every day, man? Melo, how you stay so calm all the time? How you stay so mellow? Hashtag stay mellow. You're getting hounded with questions about Phil and your coach and... Derek Fisher, and you can't win. You're not in the playoffs for years. How are you living with that, man? Kyrie, it may be a rude awakening if you don't see that coming. Because it's coming. If you're the man on a team, that's how it works. But if you're a man on the New York Knicks, it works like that tenfold. You got to answer. You got to be responsible, accountable. And you got to lift your teammates up. We haven't seen you do that yet. So prove us wrong. Prove New York is wrong. Because i never seen it. And I don't know if I expect it right away. But what I do say is that you have to respect a man who wants to be challenged. You have to respect a man who's going to give up an easy road to the NBA Finals to go to a different team and be challenged. And have his team inspire his teammates. Which comes to how it works. Alright, so we just talked a lot there about Kyrie. Talked a lot there about how the Knicks would be involved in this trade. What it means for him to come to New York. I do want to say this now, before we move on. With the New York Knicks trade here. Frank Nielakina's name has popped up here and there to where he may be involved in this trade. I'm going to be flat out. I don't like it. I don't like that one bit. We're going to trade a guy who we haven't seen play yet. We haven't seen him play yet. And a guy who seemingly can fit in perfectly next to Kyrie Irving. Now, yes, they are two point guards, right? So there's no true... Uh, Shooting guard on the lineup here You can count Tim Hardaway But if it's Frank, Kyrie, Tim So on and so forth Tim's playing the three But you're going to trade a guy Number eight pick in the draft Who's 6'5 with a crazy wingspan Who projects to be an elite defender In the very least That might be the perfect man To play next to Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is a point guard technically, but he's really a combo guard. And he isn't the most focused defender. So you put him next to Frank Akina, Frank Akina becomes the guy who guards the best guard. When you're out in Washington, you don't want Kyrie guarding John Wall, you throw Frank on him. When you're playing Charlotte, you don't need to have Kyrie running around on Kemba Walker all night, you throw Frank on him. And so on and so forth. I think that would be a big loss in this trade if we lose Frank. Because then if we give up a pick, we give up Frank and we lose Mello. Melo is the part that makes the most sense. Obviously, we're trying to trade him. But if you're losing Frank in another one, that's two first-round picks there. Plus Melo for Kyrie Irving. That's all fine and dandy. But like I said, then the expectations are there without the young pieces that we have been hoping on, and thankful that we've had since the Knicks have been horrible the past four years. Think about it. What has been the saving grace for us Knicks fans when talking about the Knicks the past couple years? Well, at least we have our picks moving forward, and we'll have some young talent. Hopefully they'll be good picks because we're pretty bad. We got KP. Now we have Frank rolling in. And... He possibly can get shipped out before he plays a game. That one would hurt for me a little bit. Don't think that is the best move. Now, if it is a necessity for Frank to be in this deal to get it done, I see the Knicks possibly making the move and cutting ties with Frank before he plays a game. But like I said, I am not co-signing that one. Don't think it's a smart idea. A, because the young talent we're banking on from these picks He's number one after KP. And then next year's pick would be the second one. And then from the on-court standpoint, I think Frank fits well next to Kyrie Irving. Because he looks like he can play off-ball. Kyrie obviously can play off-ball a little bit because he's done it for the past years again with LeBron. That seems like a good fit. I don't think it would be a smart move to get rid of Frank Nelokina in this Kyrie irving mellow possible trade. Just wanted to make that clear because... His name's been getting low-key dropped in there. It hasn't been dropped in where, like, breaking news, the Knicks are willing to trade rookie point guard who hasn't played a game yet. Nope, it's more like this is a reported trade. Take it and do what you want with it. And low-key on the right-hand side, this <laughs> Phoenix Suns receive Frank Akina. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not ready to give up on this guy yet. He hasn't played a game. So let's slow our roll with that one. That is not something to be too excited about. Now, hopefully, after listening to me blabber on for you know forty minutes, forty or fifty minutes on the Knicks and Kyrie Irving, you understand my true concern with Kyrie possibly coming to the Knicks. Everybody got real excited. A lot of people love Kyrie. In fact, I was playing at the at the gym today. I was playing some pickup ball, and a younger kid, maybe sixteen, was rocking a Kyrie shirt. In New York. Like he, he is a true star already. And that's fantastic. But I've seen this with the Knicks before. I've seen hype come through the door and bring expectation. And it not working the way it was planned. And it just didn't go from the get-go the way we saw it going. So slow your roll on this one, Knicks fans. If we get Kyrie, that'll be a huge win for the Knicks organization to have another star replaced Melo right away. Boom, now you got Kyrie and KP. That's fantastic and all, right? But you can't bite off more than you can chew because I know, and hopefully you know, the day he walks in the door, Knicks fans are screaming, we're a playoff team. I just don't know if they are yet. I just don't know yet because he needs to improve from a holistic standpoint as an organizational leader and making his teammates better on the court. We haven't seen him do it yet. The saving grace here is that he's a 25-year-old man entering his prime looking for the next challenge. And that next challenge, if you want a big one, is the New York Knicks because they can't figure it out for nothing. And if you come here, Kyrie, and you figure it out, kudos to you. Hopefully we don't eat you too quick on the process. Cause I don't think it's gonna be all flowers. Don't think it's gonna work right away. As soon as he walks in the door, boom, 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 Knicks are winning 50 games. I don't know. I'm a little bit more I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried about that one. I'm a little bit worried. Alright, so I blabbered on for 55 minutes about the Knicks. Uh, hopefully you understand how I feel about Kyrie from that standpoint. Uh, Him as a player, fantastic. Now he needs to become the organizational leader. He has to become the man. He's the guy with the ball in his hand. He's the guy on the court. He's the guy on the NBA 2K cover. Now he needs to be a guy who leads his team to the playoffs. Because he hasn't done that. Well, let's spend the last five minutes or so of this podcast shout out the Yankees, right? Yankee fans were panicking for a little bit. You know, it's been since June 12th. June 12th. That's well over a month ago now. Since the Yankees won a series. Since they won back-to-back games. It was a rough run for the New York Yankees. But my simple message to Yankees fans here. You hit the rough patch from hell before the All-Star break. Legitimately the rough patch from hell. You lost 7 in a row to start, and then you couldn't win a damn series. And still, the New York Yankees sit at 51-46. and 46. That's a nice record right now. And it's especially nice when you look at the standings and you see the Boston Red Sox with 45 losses. The loss column becomes the most important when looking at standings because you can't you can't really uh, make those up, right? You can keep you can win more games, but you can't take away losses, right? So that's why the loss columns become so important. And you're only one game behind in the loss column. That's a huge victory right there. So even with the month of hell that the Yankees went through before the All Star break. Even with the struggles that Aaron Judge had for the first couple games after the All Star break, you're sitting here five games above 500, one game back in the loss column, and you just won three out of four against the Seattle Mariners. You're in a good place still, Yankees fans. Basically, my point here is stop complaining. You're annoying everybody, Yankee fans. You're annoying everybody. You guys weren't even supposed to be this good this year. 51-46, and 46, if you said that at the beginning of the season, you're like, hell yeah, wow, we're killing it. What, does Greg Bird have 30 home runs? <laughs> uh, no, Aaron Judge is a beast and possibly the best hitter in the league. But that's besides the point. He hit another monster bomb this weekend at Safeco Field. Literally made the stadium look like a Little League field. That's how much he crushed that ball. Pretty sure somebody's listening to this podcast saying, yeah, that home run still hasn't landed yet. My simple message to New York Yankees fans is, that rough pass you went on, history of baseball and the ebbs and flows of a baseball season typically show that that month that, that was just so brutal will not continue forever. The same way Aaron Judge ain't going to hit 330 and have 30 home runs every half a year. Things even themselves out in baseball. Right? So stay calm. Enjoy this team. Because you're still looking at playoffs. Now, I'm not going to get mad at you for expecting the playoffs. At this point, I think you should be. You know? You're a Yankees fan. You should look at this team and say, a wild card game should be in our future. And I'd be a little disappointed if it wasn't. But you guys got to stop the complaining, man. You had a bad month. I feel you. But you're back. And I'm hoping and praying that we can get some happy Yankee fans here. Because most Yankee fans can be annoying with uh, you know, their elitism and how good they are. And how this rebuilding plan is working even quicker than expected. But a angry Yankee fan versus a happy Yankees fan, I'll take the happy Yankee fan. See, that's the thing. I don't root against the Yankees. Yankees fans just find ways to anger me and make me, you know, upset about my own team, the New York Mets, who are pathetic. But I'll take a happy Yankees fan over a complaining one because the complaining one just bothers me, man. The complaining Yankee fan, especially in a year like this where there already has been so much positive. About the season, I don't want to hear your complaint. I don't want to hear you complain about Joe Girardi, about Chase Headley, about Dylan Batansis. You guys got first world problems right now. <laughs> a Yankee fan complaining is the epitome of first world problems. You guys are five games over 500. You finally won a series, three out of four. You're back on the right path. Now stop complaining and stop pissing me off. <laughs> All right, we got football around the corner. I'm pretty sure ESPN is doing this NFL Nation Week or something like that, some crap to maybe uh, bolster some ratings, right? But training camp's actually starting like really soon. starting this week, I'm pretty sure, actually. Don't, don't quote me on that. I've been so in with this NBA offseason. But NFL is around the block, so we're going we're gonna to start getting into that pretty soon, and that's pretty exciting. And I just got to throw out again. The NBA offseason stays winning right now. In the midst of the Yankees being an exciting team, in the midst of I oh, don't know the Mets suck, sorry. In the midst of the Giants having a big season to look forward to right now, and the Jets just always being entertaining because they're you know a joke half the time. The New York Knicks and even non Knicks NBA news has been crushing, taking over. You know the sports radio, sports writing, sports television market. So, as an NBA fan, as you guys know, I am. That makes me pretty excited, and I'm pumped to to have it go on because I love talking to NBA. I could do it every day. But they're staying winning, man. Hopefully, the hype of the NBA offseason can bring some hype to the NBA regular season, and I think it might, because this rookie class is really fun. A lot of moves happen. A lot of the same faces, new places. And the Western Conference is absolutely stacked. So I look forward to all that. I'm going to keep you guys up to date on what's going on with this Kyrie Irving-Knicks situation. And before I end off today, if this trade goes through and Melo leaves New York and Kyrie Irving enters, I will bring the optimist attitude. I will give Kyrie Irving the benefit of the doubt and see If he is able to be a leader in this organization. But I am a little weary that expectations can get too high too soon. Because as great as this guy is as a basketball player, look at yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself and think about Kyrie Irving. Don't or if you want, just Google a picture of Kyrie Irving and look him in the eyes. (laughs) Look him in the eyes and say, Are you leading the New York Knicks to the playoffs? Are you? Can you? Will you? It's a question that is yet to be answered. And we're going to have to wait. But it is a question for sure. A question with polarizing answers. Some people are going to be like, you kidding me? Kyrie Irving is the man, the goat, the myth, the legend, whatever. He's going to take the Knicks right to the playoffs, 5 seed. You know that, Nick fan. You're probably thinking of your boy right now who always gets way too caught up into the hype. He's going to be texting you, yo, Knicks, this Eastern Conference, four seed, five seed. They're in there. Me, on the other hand, you're not going to hear it from me. And maybe I'm going to be wrong. And you guys can come at me and shut me up. It'll take some time. Take some time for him to establish himself as the man and to get some chemistry on the court. If Kyrie Irving comes to the New York Knicks... My, I would not allow, I would personally not allow my expectations to get higher than a 7 or 8 seed. And I think that is slightly, slightly pushing it. And that is based off the fact that we just have not seen this man, Kyrie Irving, do this before by himself. And he's not truly by himself because KP is here. But KP hasn't done this yet. It's going to take some time. But to have a guy like him in a New York Knicks uniform is a win for the city and should be a win for the team in the long run. We just got to make it happen now. We'll see if Melo can actually get out of here. He's stuck at this point. <laughs> and it's hard to see him actually getting traded. Every time there's some momentum, something else happens, and you're like, oh, well, there goes that trade. Uh, back to the drawing board. <laughs> so stay in touch. Stay in touch with me via Twitter, at pkennedy2wise, or at nyc. Hit me up with, with any questions, anything you want to talk about. Give me your take on the, on, the, on the topic. Tell me what you think of Kyrie Irving. Give me a 140-character summarization of what you think he means to the Knicks if he joins a team. I'd love to hear it. I really, really would. So thank you for tuning in tonight. Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Drop some stars. Drop some words. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, and what you're tired of hearing of. But this is the SBNY Podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy. Enjoy your week, and happy Monday.